0: Welcome to another episode of High Energy Ballers. Today, I've got a special guest, Mikey C-Rock Sirocco. Mikey, welcome, man.
1: What's up, E? How you doing, man? Good to be here. Yeah,
0: just just living the dream one day at a time, you know? that's That's, that's all we can do. So... But uh but yes, I wanted to bring Mikey on. We've had a lot of other really amazing guests, but uh, Mikey's somebody I followed on social media and uh was always pumping out really valuable content and so I figured that you know for all the listeners out there you're gonna you're gonna definitely love Mikey so uh, why don't we first start off by telling everybody a little bit about uh, you know where you're from and what you do?
1: well, uh, Eric, I grew up in uh, outside of philly Um My family uh, was from there. My family was in the mushroom business and one side and one side were masons, bricklayers and plaster stucco people uh, like a lot of Italian people. But uh, I never knew my parents together. I came from a broken home and uh, my parents split before I can remember. And so I dealt with a lot of stuff at a young age of like conflict, you know stress on money and child support and custody different things man and uh growing up in that environment like you know a lot of people would be like that's that's got to be tough man that's that was that's got to be hard but in all actuality it's actually made me tougher you see like you know i look back at some of the stuff that i've been through as a kid 8 9 10 11 years old and it's nothing compared like the stuff that we deal with now is nothing compared to that like the awkwardness the uncomfortable feelings um, you know, and that, that's something that, uh, that has built me and that's what, what are you made of means to me is like, look, what have you made of? What have you been through? You know? And if I go in through tough times, I use self positive self-talk. I talk about what, you know, I'm built for this. I got this and nothing really scares me since the stuff that I've went through as a kid. So some people say that, which like, that's a tough life, man. You must've had a tough, but to me, man, that's, it was kind of like training, dude, like boot camp.
0: Mm. Yeah, for sure. I had a similar upbringing too, but I'd like to, I mean, that's interesting to me. So do you remember the feeling you had before that kind of all went down, but like when you were young and then, you know, you, you went through all those events I- until after, like kind of how that, you know, flipped the switch for you or wh- or what the feeling was?
1: Yeah, so when I was 11, I was living in my dad's house, right? And my my uh, my parents had some conflicts, and their spouses had some conflicts, and there's jealousy and envy, all kinds of shit, man. And you know the problem with that is is that the kids suffer the most. So when I say suffer, like I I went through a stage where I just didn't know, like if I was causing the problems, I, it was getting taken out on me by some people. And you know when I was 11, I decided to leave my dad's house after living there for three years because it was just not a good environment. And when I did that. My dad got served with court papers, and I came home from school one day, and he said, hey, man, get in your room. And I'm like, man, this, is, this ain't going to be good. I had a feeling what was going on, and I went to my room, which felt like hours. It was probably five minutes. And my dad came back with these court papers and said, you know what this says here? It says you want to move back with your mom. Is that true? And I said, yeah, I want to get out of here, man. I, I, this isn't a place that I want to be anymore. So my dad was my hero. He always had a wad of $100 bills in his pocket. I didn't know if we were in the mafia or what it was. It was really just because he was a Mason and had a lot of cash jobs, I think. But he had a wad of $100 bills. And, and when, he, when I said that I wanted to leave, he peeled one off, crumpled it up and threw it at me and said, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets one day with your mother. And that was very vindictive to me as a kid. I, I, knew that that, I, don't know that, I don't know if I knew that word, but that vindiction feeling that really, man, really? Is this really happening right now? Like I'm an 11-year-old kid. Like are you really doing this to me? So one right there, I knew to myself, I'm always stubborn, right? I said, I- I'm not letting you in. Ain't no way in hell I'm letting you in. And number two, I'm going to help other people that have been through this, that have gone through broken homes, that have felt like they've been given up on, and I'm going to show them they could s- succeed and not just succeed, excel. And uh, so I've been on a mission since then. I didn't know, like, really realize it. I just always been trying to help people and show people the way. And two years ago, I said, you know what? I need to, I need to get this word out because I heard other people telling their story right? You have a similar story you said, right? And so you can relate to that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, when I connect with people and relate with them, that's called common ground. And it's easier to do business with people like that. So I heard, uh, you know, at GrowthCon two years ago, I heard Pete Vargas tell a story about his father. And I was sitting in the audience and I'm like, this guy, Pete Vargas, great guy. Awesome dude. I've trained under him now. He got on GrowthCon stage telling a story about his conflict with his father. I said, I have a story to tell that can impact millions, and I've been holding it in. And so from that point on, I started sharing my story, and people started connecting with me and relating to it and saying that they're inspired by it, and I was actually blown away. I'm like, this is ordinary, dude. This is just, nothing special about this. It's all i ever known. And so when I started getting that feedback, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get this word out and help more people. So I started writing down my goals every day. I wanna be known globally, man. I wanna be known globally. Not for ego and celebrity, but, but be known globally so I can reach millions of people. And I started thinking, how can I do that? Well, the podcast was a great idea. I commend you for starting yours, Eric. And, you know, the other thing is, is that I started writing down, I want to be known globally and I want to talk to people globally. And wouldn't you know it, I mean, last night I'm on a call with somebody from Australia. Um, Later on today, you know, I got a, got a, a podcast with a guy in London. I just got booked on the number one business podcast in London. I mean, big things are happening because I've decided, written it down, and then taken action afterwards. And so I hope I answered your question there, but the, all this stuff lines up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I haven't had as nearly of a
0: harsh upbringing as that where I was, you know, my one of my parents said, hey, you know, you're going to take this and, and get used to it while you're living on the street. I mean, that's pretty, that is like something I haven't heard. So props to you for, I mean, coming as far as you have. I'm sure you've gone through a lot. Uh, for me more so, it wasn't. it wasn't as much, I guess, conflicts between my parents um, to that level, but it was more so, um, you know, I had a brother who was pretty much just given everything where I, was, I, I pretty much had to figure everything out for myself. So for me, I grew up as a very independent individual. So I feel like, you know, I had all this energy and I, I needed to go spend it somewhere. And I was like, I was like, shit, what am I going to do? I love sports. So I played the sport of lacrosse. I'm from Syracuse, New York. So it's where lacrosse was born and raised basically
1: yeah yeah i went to salisbury university i don't know if you're familiar d3 yeah. it's like one of the best d3 if not yeah. the best lacrosse school in d3 yeah they
0: win. they won national championships pretty much every single year yeah yeah so yeah it's it's like it's like it's pretty much normal to them but i basically uh felt like i wasn't really given much i, I wasn't really given much direction and my parents actually admitted it to me they're both great people they've been you know supportive they've got me to where I am today you know a large part in them it has and so I thank them for that because you know if it wasn't for them basically making me go figure out on my own because I had I basically said hey you know I got to go figure out how the hell to do this so I went out and just practiced my craft over and over again hours on end people were always asking me like dude like don't you ever get tired don't you ever get bored of just playing lacrosse and just freaking like never stopping? And I'm like, no, I really don't because number one, I have a shit ton of energy. It's what I enjoy. And three, I want to leave a legacy and I want to leave, uh, you know, I want to be able to help others do the same. I I had a, speaking of, uh, you know, you're talking about dreaming uh, and putting things into action. I had a dream when I was very young, I was eight years old, right around the time you were talking about, right? Where you had that, that kind of flip of the switch. I figured, you know, I want to go play college across at Syracuse University, and I want to go play professional after that. I thought that was going to be my career. I thought I was locked in. That was what I was going to do. Well, sure enough, 10 years later, I did get a scholarship, ended up going to Syracuse. ended up transferring to St. John's University because I, you know, wasn't on track to a lot of shit happened dude i i did a lot of dumb things like just got just stupid shit like got arrested and it just was in the doghouse basically so i left went to st john's because i wanted to play professional cross. so i i took that and i transitioned because that's something that i've done you know in in sales and business and entrepreneurship a lot is you know transition and uh oh this doesn't work okay let's transition to this so it was very similar to that um but 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 where I was going with that was that's kind of like where I felt like it was I kind of had more of a uh, harsh upbringing because I didn't really have the direction. I basically had to figure it out for myself, and that's kind of why I am the way I am now. I'm so independent, and I haven't ever really worked for anybody um, ever since I've been out of college, and will never do it uh, (laughs) just because I've just I'm used to the independence, and it's it's you know it's like you said it's just to be able to put it, to be able to dream about something, put it into action and then go achieve it. And then, you know, it's, it's tough, but then it starts to happen for you. And you're like, shit, it's all because I'm writing it down and I'm taking action.
1: Yep. Consistency, frequency, massive action and passion. Those are my four things that I always make sure I'm going with.
0: I like that. Say is that it, again. What is
1: it? Consistency, frequency, massive action and passion. Ooh. And And if I want something, that's the four things I make sure I do. Hmm. And if I think that I'm starting to get discouraged or things aren't going my way, I check those four things and make sure that I'm on the, on those four things. Um, and it always pans out, man. It always, you know, and right when I'm about to give up too, sometimes, man, I'm like, damn the hell with this shit. Then I stay, let me just stick it out a little bit longer. And all of a sudden, man, something comes about and it's like, wow, man, I could have quit on that. I could have, I was this close and it happens. So you know that that persistency thing man is is really really crucial um to what you're doing. So what kind of business do you do Eric?
0: Yeah, so I've done a, a multiple businesses over the years, but uh I mean I started in lacrosse, I played professional lacrosse for a bit, ran some camps and clinics and then um I've done multiple, you know, network marketing, MLM type businesses. Um uh, I was in an insurance for a while and then I kind of transitioned out of that and then for the last about year or so I've been in the solar industry, so uh, we've been, so I've been selling solar face to face, but now ever since Corona hit, I've been selling over the phone and I found my way doing that. Wow. So How,
1: yeah, how's that, how's that transition going? Like, is it, is it good or
0: it's great? Yeah. I'm actually doing much better now than I was even before Corona hit just because, you know, I found out the, the, the system, I got the system down and I've been able to actually generate more revenue and more profit for myself now. Than I was even before when I was going out in the field. I mean, I was selling a good amount of deals face to face, but you're you're spending so much time driving around just wasting. That's time.
1: the thing. More efficient, man. If you can yeah. get leads and you can connect with people via Zoom, mm. and and then present them, man. I mean, that's to me. I think it's more efficient. Now, I I, I agree. Grant said this to the other day. I just posted something on uh, my my Instagram about yeah. Uh, we need to be together. The remote stuff doesn't work. We're we're designed to be together and all that. And I believe that to an extent. Um, because there's a lot of energy that comes when you have people together. Um, but there's also some kind of efficiency that happens when you're working remote, where you're not driving. And so well, our business, I don't know, uh, like how other people have dealt with this, but in April, March and April and May, we had three months that were our three best months ever, Mm -hmm. ever during this while we were working remote. So
0: I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well for for me too, May was the best month I ever had in business period. Yeah. It was also really solid. Uh March slowed down a bit when everything hit, but that was kind of when I was transitioning from face to face yeah. to over the phone. So what do you think it was for you guys that made those your three best months?
1: Well, here's the thing. So I was waiting for something like this to happen. Not COVID, not not you know a pandemic, but I knew that at some point we were going to have some kind of cycle, cyclic, cyclic shift. It's hard for things to say. And we were going to eventually have something to deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in 2008, I was in the mortgage business. I, I journaled and paid attention to everything that was going on during that because I knew I said, this is going to happen again in the future. I want to learn from it. And I made sure that I was aware and I crossed off everything that I, that I, that I learned, didn't want to do again, the things that I definitely needed to do. And I wrote it down. Right. And I wrote down like the good things I've done back then and the bad things I've done and what I've learned. So when we came to this, I prepared my team. I said, guys, something's going to happen at some point. We're going to need to react. And when it does happen, we're not going to do what everybody else does. We're not going to use a negative thing for a reason why we're not being successful. We're going to use it for the reason that we're successful. And so when the, the pandemic started to come out and the news started to come out and sprinkled out, we'd have sales meetings every day. And I told my team, I said, listen, guys, this is this is it. This is our time to shine. Let's go. We're already set up to work from home. We were already prepared. It only took us three days to get everybody remote. And then we went off and said, look, now's the time. No days off. Nobody takes a day off. We're going to grind our butts off and we're going to go after it. And we're going to expand while people are fi- like firing people and letting people go. We're going to hire people. Um I, you know, I just hired three people. Um, and you know, I'm I'm looking to hire more. So I think it's just a a thing where we kind of went counter to what everybody else did. And, you know, that's the difference it made for us, you know, and made sure that we raised our activity levels, raised our standards. That's another thing I talk about a lot lately is a theme that I've been talking about with my team is raise your standards, man. Raise your standards. Like if we have our best month in in, in, uh, March, right? That's a new baseline guys. We're not going back below that again. This is our baseline. I know that's the best month we've ever done. Here's where we are. So we did like 79 units. The next month right after that, which 79 was uh, an improvement by like 23%. The next month after that, we doubled, we doubled our, our past highest month. So then we're like, well, that's 79 here was nothing compared to where we are now. We're not going back to 79. And then the next month after that, we blew 79 away again. And we just we're just rolling, man. And we just set standards. When you set standards, you don't think it's acceptable to go back down again. You get used to it, you get addicted to the success, you get addicted to the to the money part of it that that you're expecting that kind of money to come in you're You're also uh familiar with the work and activity that it took and know that you can do it in your mind the confidence levels there you know I'm sure you've dealt with it in lacrosse. I played college football i mean I, I, confidence is so such a huge thing, man mm-hmm. that can drive you past other people so you know that's what it's all about
0: yeah i I love that too be making that the standard. I think I'm going to have to take that from you because man, that's, I mean, if, if you're, if you're always expecting that that's, what's going to happen, you're either going to hit that or you're going to go above it because you're going to do whatever it takes and not stop till you get it. Right. So is that, that's kind of, I'm sure the, the motive that you set for your team as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And when, when we tell somebody, when they come aboard, this is how we do things here, guys, this is how we do things. Okay. We train every day. We write our goals down every day. We beat the sun up. We do all the things that we're supposed to do that other people, successful people do. And then somebody says, well, that, that's kind of different. They don't do that over there. Yeah, but we're not trying to be like them over there. That's, that's, that's exactly right. They don't do that over there. We do it here. We do it here because we're going here. We're not going over there. Okay, so we're not going to be like anybody else. I, we're going to be disrupting our industry. We want to disrupt our, our everything in a positive way by, you know, explosive growth, rocket fuel, just exploding, man. And that's a mindset that we have every day. The passion, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm passionate, man. I have energy that to to get what we want done. And and that's uh, something that, you know, we talk about a hundred million a month in loan volume, not an income. We'd love to do that too, but a hundred million a month in loan volume and no group, the size of us is even sniffing that. And we're one third of the way there and we're going to get there and we keep preaching it. And Here's the thing. One thing that my, my mentor, Brandon Dawson, I don't know if you know Brandon or not. Yeah. Brandon Dawson always says this, what you think is what you say, what you say is what you do, and what you do becomes your legacy. And so I'm preaching that to my team constantly. Guys, if we're saying the right things, we're going to get the right results. If we're saying the wrong things, we're going to get the wrong results. It's no black or middle area. It's black and white. So, man, that's, that's what we, the way we roll, man. Yeah. I love that. I think I heard you say that on
0: uh social media the yeah, Instagram or so. I saw it somewhere. But yeah, Brandon Dawson's a he's a monster. I saw him speak at 10X this past year and mm-hmm. just follow him. He's he's a beast. So what um what markets do you guys loan lens to?
1: Like who, who we're licensed in 50 states um as a company, but we focus primarily on the mid-Atlantic region and we do California and then we're located in Miami as well. So the loans that we do are mainly California, Mid-Atlantic and Miami or all of Florida. So for what? Well, and it's uh, their home loans. Nations Lending is the company's name. We do refinances also purchase loans for primary second homes, investment properties. And also um, if somebody has a mortgage already, we do free checkups to see if anything can benefit them in the market right now, whether it's lowering the rate and lowering the payment, taking cash out to consolidate loans, shortening their term to from a 30, maybe to a 20 or 15 year. Um, so we do all that stuff. That's, that's what we focus on. And we've absolutely blown up in that business.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. So you, when you say you're hiring more, more people, are you having them come in and sell over the phone or kind of how how are they? like?
1: Yeah, man. I and mean, a lot of, most of our people work remote from their house. So like we have everything's technologically advanced enough now where you can do everything from home. But mm-hmm. uh man, we have sales reps from, you know, working from home, making phone calls, doing the program that we have. We have assistants, we have processors that process the loans. And so we're hiring mainly what I want. If I can't get somebody that's already in the mortgage business, that's fine. I want somebody that's willing to work, has a great work ethic, willing to learn and willing to listen. And if they have those three things, I'll make them successful. And, uh, you know, they'll fit right into our group.
0: And they can just sell loans over the phone from home and, and make pretty good money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have I have guys that are making like you wouldn't even believe it if I told you, man. I believe. I mean, it. I, I have people you. I have people making two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in the mortgage business. Nice. So um, you know, and that's that's the st- standard that we set. Like we don't want people six figures, man. What's six figures get you, man? I don't know how you can live on six figures. Like that's that's the way we start to think. And the reason is it's not about greed and about just about money. It's about, listen, if you're making $100,000, you can barely take care of yourself and your family. How are you going to help other people? How are you going to be able to help lift other people up, which is a, which is a duty and an obligation? You know, you, you have a really selfish heart and mind if you settle on a low number. And so everybody's thinking that. And then you know, the other thing is, is if you only make six figures in our business, that means you're not helping that many people in the mortgage business. You're not helping enough people buy homes and, and refinance and save money. So we started talking about, listen, let's the more people you help, the more money you'll make. So set that as your target. Your money thing is more of a uh, measurement of how successful you are at helping people. Right. So yeah, you can make money sitting from home in our business.
0: Yeah, that's, that's ideal. That's, that's the dream for anybody. Cause nobody wants to be driving around, you know, sitting in traffic and doing all that bullshit did you ever see the youtube video of grant talking about um he was in a conference room with a bunch of people and he was he's basically talking about you know 400 he got up and ran on the whiteboard 400 grand he's like how yeah. the hell do you make can you like go home to your family saying you make 400 grand And then he calls on a dude he's like how much money did you make this year big
1: guy he's like 2.7 he's like how I the hell can <laughs> you make 2.7 yeah. <laughs> i don't know how you can live on that <laughs> so so that's the thing like i'm a card owned licensee too so i i teach grants material and one thing that grant talks about and it blew me away when i first heard it is look you got to try to live off the 20 percent of your income mm-hmm. so i started doing the math on that 20 percent of my income and at the time i think i was making like shit when i first heard that i was probably making like maybe a half a million a year and i, th- I thought to myself well let's do 20 percent of a half a million is hundred thousand. And live off 100,000, that's like 8,000 a month. Like, that's not impossible. Like, I can't do that. Now, I don't mean to sound, I'm sure some people think that's a lot of money, but it's to me to do what I want to do and accomplish what I want to accomplish and to help the people I want to accomplish, I can't make, I can't live on that. I can't live on that and do that. So, um, I started thinking to myself, and here's the thing it's a psychological thing. 20% of, for people that are making 100,000, 20% is they got to live on $20,000. So you see how six figures doesn't work. That's what that does is it tricks your brain into understanding that you need to make more money. You need to focus your time on the income statement, the top two lines on your income statement and bring money in. Spend 5% of your time worrying about expenses, 95% of your time focused on income and doing whatever you can to increase your income number. Because when you increase your income number, it exponentially is more powerful than worrying about cutting expenses. And so we focused on that. We shift our minds. And then so that's how you raise your standards on what you should make. And that's why Grant does that. It's all a psychological thing to get you thinking bigger and understanding you need to make more money because you can't live on 20% of the income where you are now.
0: Right. So you're not just helping these people make a shit ton of money. You're also helping them with their mindset, which is how you, you, know, you get to that point in the first place, right? But that's yes. I'm sure that that's something that a lot of people that you – come into your company didn't have before until they met you and started learning, you know, your, yeah. and your mindset.
1: Right. Yeah. Eric, when you have a company, man, like if your people have money problems, they're not going to be engaged at work and they're not going to perform as well. So you need to help them understand money. You need to help them understand how to make money. You need to understand how to keep money and how to multiply money like Grant talks about all the time. And you'd also need to make sure that they understand how to have a great family life because your family problems, the, the employee's family problems bring the work. It affects the, the whole company, so we don't do just money training. Like we, like I'm in the people building business, brother. Like I, I mortgages is our vehicle to do what we need to do. I build people, and building people has to do with the money finance. It has to do with psychological mindset. It has to do with emotional response, how to talk to people the right way, um, how to avoid conflict, um, psychology, uh, spiritual, physical, taking care of your body, nutrition. That's building people all around, encompassed building people. That's what we focus on. And we do that in our mortgage business. And what happens is it changes lives and then it changes their families' lives. It spills over into their family. And then we create an attraction model in our company by everybody wanting to be a part of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So that's the whole idea. You want to create an environment when you're in business. You want to create an environment where people want to come. Think about this. People want to work for Grant all the time, right? And instead of them going out and asking for, like, I'm hiring this position, I'm hiring this position, they they have people coming to them, and they're like, hey, send me a 30 to 60-minute video, and we'll see if we want you. That's the kind of business that you want to have, man. You want to have people knocking on the door to come in and work for you. And same thing with your customers. You want to create customers that are knocking down your door to work with you. That's what we do. That's what we focus on every day.
0: So what would you say is, is, cause I mean, people to work with you and a lot of people want to work with Grant. I'm sure a lot of people want to work with you, right? But what is, what, as far as like customers, that's a little bit different. What would you say is, is someone should focus on who runs a business who is trying to get customers attracted to them? Well, first of-, of all, yeah.
1: First of all, um, most of the time the problem people have is that nobody knows who they are. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got to get out of, out of obscurity, get out and, public somehow, some way, whether it's find some kind of communication channel, Instagram, Facebook, phone calls, direct messages, text messages, like all these different things that you can do, right? Too many people sit back and wait for business, Eric. And they're like, man, I wish I had a better month. Uh, man, I'm having money problems. Oh man, this I want to be good. I want to produce. And they sit there and say all this stuff, but then they don't do the stuff that they, it, it takes to do it. They don't do the basics and fundamentals to make money. Mm. So really, man, it's about discipline, Understanding that you need to do certain activities and amass quantities every single day and have micro targets each day for what you need to accomplish that day to get to your end goal and make money and produce. And so to get customers, one is you figure out what you need to do as far as uh, solving a problem for someone, right? There's uh, whatever there is a market for out there. Once you figure that out, then you have to figure out who those people are that need that problem solved and then find out where those people are and find out how you can get in front of them and be obsessed about it. And go after it every single day like a madman. And if people say you're crazy or you're obsessed or you act – like, see, a lot of people can't handle my energy. Like, I, I coached, I, I did a coaching session with a guy the other day, and he's like, jeez, sat in his chair like this. It's like, dude, I, I don't know. Like, I appreciate your rawness, dude, and dude, and, and going right at it. But, man, he's like, I'm like, this is what it takes, brother. Like, you came to me asking me how to be successful. And you wanted to make this amount of money and do this amount of sales, but you're – like, you have no energy, dude. You're not passionate. You got to pick it up. You got to figure out. You got to do you really want to do it? And that's, you know, so find out what problems you can solve, what there's a market for. Find out who those people are that have that problem and then find out where they hang out and get in front of them. Tell them what you do over and over again, different creative ways to get in front of them. Mm-hmm. And what will happen is if you do that enough, you don't really even have to sell people. They'll just come to you because they know about you and they right. want the problem solved.
0: Yeah. Everybody wants to be a beast until it takes until they have to do what beasts do to become a beast, right? That's it, man. It's, that's uh, it. that's something that I, I see with so many people as well. So for me, when I transitioned from lacrosse to business and sales, it wasn't a difficult transition because it was basically the same type of 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 daily discipline. It just all comes down to discipline for me, you know. Still waking up, you know, before the sun, getting a workout in, getting my sales training in. Uh, you know, making sure I'm getting on the phone at the right time, making sure that I'm going, here's my list. Okay. I got to get answers from my, all these people today because I need to be able to generate money and I got to be able to call these people. i got to make hundreds of dials today or whatever. Maybe I got to have, you know, eight appointments set up. So that way I can make sure that I hit this number because I need to hit this number for the week for the month. And you know, Yeah. how do you, how do you win in lacrosse? How do you win in lacrosse? Um, like, did, and work. no
1: no no but bottom line like very simply like how do you win a lacrosse game you score more goals right they call it a goal for a reason right uh, so like we, you know in sports i relate to things to sports all the time but like in business if you can just relate it to sports and understand that to win the game of business and handle it like a game you got to score goals all right so what is your goal all right well let me figure out what my goal is where is the goal what do i got to do to get there same thing with lacrosse man same football, we had to cross the goal line or we had to kick a field goal. Both mm-hmm. were, have goal in it, right?
0: Play so, offense, play offense, not defense.
1: Yeah, and yeah. and score. You, dude, you play defense, dude, you can't win. It's just right. defense. You have to have some offense, right? You got to score the goal. So, you know, um, I think that it's a mind frame and um, an understanding of keeping things simple and understanding that, all I got to figure out what is, what my goal is, where the goal is, and then go after it and go after it hard. Cause when you're playing the cross, dude, you don't lay back and relax and no. run slow or walk or, you know, you know, you're trying to get the ball from someone. You don't, you know, you just tap them. Dude, you're trying to run through that motherfucker, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, that,
1: yeah. Like that, that when I play football, man, I'm i I'm a little dude, like I'm 208, but I'm short. Right. But I try to destroy people. Like I I wanted to just like, make air out of them. That's the mindset that? I had. And I, tra- I approached my business the same way. Not everybody can handle that though.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> what
1: position did you play? I was a linebacker.
0: Gotcha. I could see that.
1: Yeah. How about you? What did you play? In uh, football,
0: I played DB and then in lacrosse, I played attack. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I was a little, little ankle biting son of a bitch. Uh, and yeah. I played in like my whole life basically up until college. And then because of like, you know, what I was way better at. So
1: yeah. nice man nice
0: so in football so where did you play college
1: football at salisbury oh right so yeah I went there um and the lacrosse team is just by far like the way the best sports team that they have there uh coach berkman jim berkman's a great dude he would he would kill it in business man i mean he he'd run his team a business like he ran his team he'd be phenomenal and just a really great dude but understanding what goals are how to tack goals, how to strategize to get the goals, you know. And, uh, you know, recruiting, I think in colleges, recruiting is a business too, man. I mean, think about that. Like he didn't have scholarships to be able to use, but yet he still could get talent enough to get into his system, which was all goal-oriented, and getting guys to buy in and then to win championships over and over again. I don't know how many they won, like 10 or 12. I don't even know the number.
0: Too many to count, dude. He's the, he's the winningest lacrosse coach of all time. Yeah. But have yeah. any vision between all the, all the goats. Yeah. He's, he's one of them freaking every year. Pretty yeah. Much. Just yeah. about.
1: Yeah. So. Yep. That's sick. Uh, so what's that, what's next for you, dude? What's it, what's the plan with this podcast? Like, where are you trying to take this thing?
0: Dude? I mean, honestly, I'm just trying to, uh, number one, I love the conversation. That's why I started because I have a passion for, Um, getting to know people, getting to know about their stories and being able to spread knowledge. Like, dude, you just came out here for 30 minutes and dropped so much fucking knowledge. Like, not only did I learn, but people who are listening to this are going to learn a ton too. So um, I think overall, just being able to connect with people, um, getting to know. I, I think what's most interesting to me is the stories behind how who entrepreneurs are. Cause every, every single one of them has a crazy story. Like they're all crazy lunatic, you know, they were really good at sports. They were a huge partier. They got all these girls, all the above. I did my
1: shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave those stories off of here, but Hey, but you know, here, here, let me, let me tell you one story before we go. One yeah. thing I'm going to tell people, because this is a big, big problem. You need to find confidence somehow, some way, because when you don't have confidence, what happens is, is that people can hold you over a barrel. What I mean by that is I've been in situations where I was in business and I'd have like salespeople to work with me and they would be working and they would act like assholes and not do what they're supposed to do. And I wasn't taking enough responsibility, but I didn't have enough confidence at that time back in the day to know that I was going to be successful without these people. Right. So. What I would do in my mind is, man, I can't, we can't operate the business if they leave. So I got to kiss their ass. I got to let them do what they want to do. I can't be hard on them. I can't crack down on them. And here we were in business and we were making money, but it was always like this and like this and like this. And I was always miserable. So I want to talk to people out there that are going through a situation where they don't feel confident in being able to produce themselves and they're relying on other people. And if they're letting those other people dictate the way they operate their business, the way they live, that's no way to operate. And so a little story, I, when I figured this out, it's like a magic trick. When I, and, and by the way, this came when I, I got my confidence truly when, when I ran into Grant and understood that, dude, I got an animal inside of me. I just need validation that if I do let this animal out, that I'm okay and, and I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to do that and I'm not going to piss people off. You know? And if I do piss them off, oh, well, they can go somewhere else. Once I had that, dude, I let go of caring about um, what the naysayers say. And what people that wanted to be average said. And I just went nuts. And then it was attractive. Like I said before, attraction model. The, the right people came into my life and the wrong people left. And it's a, it's a great feeling. So people out there, just you need to find your confidence. And you need to understand that once you find your confidence and do what's right and go after it, don't worry about the wrong, like people like not getting you and, and wanting to leave. That's okay. You're better off without those kind of people around you. And then if they want to come back later on when they get their mind right, that's great. And then you'll start seeing people wanting to be around you that you want around you.
0: Right. That's one thing too, that I see a lot of people lack is confidence because too many people care what other people think about them. You mm-hmm. know, that's the biggest thing is they think, Oh shit. What, what is my family and friends going to think if, you know, I go make this video and post it on Instagram or if I post this or if I, you know, start in this business and at the end of the day, like you said, the wrong people are going to drift out. Who weren't meant to be in your life and the right people are going to fill the gaps and i've noticed that a, sh- a lot over the last year ever since i've been pushing out it didn't happen until i pushed out content i've, I've been yeah. an entrepreneur for about five years um but I, I didn't start pushing out content about a year ago as soon as i started pushing out content that's when i noticed the, the drift of people just fading and then now i got all these people you know like yourself and all, all these other successful entrepreneurs who are who i'm now connected with so it's it's the bad drifted away for the good to to uh come in so. yeah
1: and here's the thing i'm noticing too now people that were haters and leaving and having something to say now they're coming back Oh, dude, great podcast man Oh, i love your podcast oh here you're doing great stuff man i mean can i ask you some questions and it's, it's like yeah I'll, I'll, I'll help them anyway because i just felt bad for them when they left in the first place you know <laughs> so <laughs> look we dude i know that i know how to recognize the haters because i used to be a hater too i'm sure You know what I mean? Like I had that before where I was jealous of somebody else's success when I was younger. So I I know how to recognize that. So, so when somebody does it, I don't get mad at them because I've been there before. I just need to let them know that here's the right way to do it. If you don't like that, then go somewhere else and then you'll come back. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, I really appreciate your time, C-Rock. It's been, it's been tons of knowledge and value. And, uh, for anybody who's
1: looking to reach out to you or follow you, what's your, uh, um, Instagram, uh, Instagram at Mikey C rock, M I K E Y C R O C with no K. But also I got a new website that's getting ready to launch, uh, the Mike C rock with no K the Mike C rock.com. Check it out. I, uh, I coach people. I do one-on-one coaching group coaching. Um, I do speaking. So, uh, if anybody needs anything or just wants a consultation, man, reach out to me. I'm here to help. I want people to get greatness out of them. You know, even if they don't know how they have greatness, I want them to find it, and I want to put them on track to go after it. So let's make it happen, man.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Go follow him at Mikey Rock. Go uh, rate, subscribe, and, and uh, leave a review for this podcast, High Energy Ballers. Thanks for watching again, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Take care.